Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, Conference USA basketball fans? It is the final regular season edition of the CUSA Hoops Cast, episode number 13 to be exact, with my man, the Daily Dragons, Dave West, out in Birmingham, Alabama. Dave, say what's up to the people, man. Man, you scared me there for a second. I thought you said, like, the final, like, we'll never do it again this season. And I was going to be like, man, we, we have to do this, like, all the way through the Sweet 16 when UAB and UTEP shocked the world, man. Hey, hey, I'm down. I'm down. I'll have my, my yearly tournament beard, which doesn't grow that long since UTEP hasn't made a deep run. But, hey, I'm right there with you, partner. I mean, what a what an interesting weekend last weekend. I think we, we talked about it last week about the standings kind of forming shape, and they sure did. Obviously, number one topic, Middle Tennessee League champion. We'll get to that in a minute. We got two great guests for you guys today. Uh, our first retread of guests, and I say retread in a very respectful manner because these two dudes are definitely dudes. Although Amado, Middle Tennessee's beat writer, and our dude from BN Sports, Jeremy St. Louis, will join us. Although we'll come on 15 after, we'll have Jeremy on 35 after to discuss the final week end of Conference USA basketball. So let's get right to it, man. Middle Tennessee locked it up. You saw it firsthand. What a tremendous game uh, that was. And, and to me, more so thinking about looking past the effort, I thought it was just a really good showing on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, you had all the national pundits talking about Middle Tennessee all day on CBS Sports Network. Good exposure, great effort by uh, UAB. But like we've kind of said since the beginning day, this is Middle Tennessee's dates to lose, and they came out and they really, really took care of business to Corey Williams. Big bucket at the end. Talk to me what you saw on Saturday, man. That was one of the most fun games I've watched this season in person, and I've watched a ton. Um, I, I mean, I followed UAB to Kansas City when they played Kansas in George Washington, and I followed them to Memphis when they when they played uh, at and you know, played Memphis. And this is by far the most physical and just just, uh, just competitive basketball game I've watched in person this year. There was battles and, and just layers and the storyline. Uh, William Lee and Ja'Cory Williams, two just you know probably the two most likely professionals prospects in Conference USA right now, those two just went at it in the paint, and they got the better of each other, you know, back and forth. I mean, they were both just getting what they wanted. They both just just had just brilliant games in the mid-range, which you just don't see a lot in college basketball for guys that are above 6'8". And then you had Giddy Potts. Um, you know, he, he, he would hit a timely three here and there. He's from Huntsville which is a good, you know, a little over an hour above Birmingham, but it's in Alabama. Uh, he would hit a timely three, and he would, you know, throw up his little hand signs or whatever, or he'd get real mad when he was called for a foul. And uh, speaking of fouls, I mean, the, the foul discrepancy for UAB uh, was, was just, just kind of asinine borderline. UAB went to the line uh, like over ten times, and middle went to the line like three times, I think. It was just it's such a disparity, but it was just it was beautiful for the storyline. It, it, I mean, Kermit was pissed all game. The players were animated for middle when they would get called on, you know, you know ticky-tack fouls. Uh, we were getting to the line and converting, which really kept us in the game. But the, 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 the good players, the, 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 big, the big three for each team, just play so well. Um, you know, Giddy and Reggie and Ja'Cory for middle, we've talked about them all year. They all got what they wanted when they needed it. Uh, e- even though Giddy, 
didn't score double figures, but he had timely threes. And for UAB, Coakley and um, and William Lee and Dirk Williams, they they did their thing too. And I mean, especially Coakley. Coakley had the best game he's had all season with 22 points, and he looked officially 100. percent and, and it's not it's not been publicized much because people aren't paying attention to UAB for the most part right now. But he had a pretty bad ankle injury uh, in warmups at Rice that he stayed on the court, but he still ha- he hasn't played 30 minutes in a game at all in Conference USA play. And, th- and that's a first team Conference USA guy from last year. Excuse me, second team. Um, and when, you know, he he still gets to play 30 minutes. So even though we lost, I really feel like we're trending up. And and I had a unique experience because of of it being a CBS Sports Network game. They had me seated on the uh, behind the basket, right next to the middle's uh, bench, and I also got to sit next to our our guest coming up, Aldo Amato. And we just had this great conversation all night, and and we and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But that, I mean, even despite the loss, you know, being a UAB fan or UAB uh, you know writer, I guess. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was just one of the most competitive basketball games I've watched all year. You know, I've been, I guess you can say I've been sort of critical of UAB, you know, maybe not too fully, but I, I've expressed concern with them on this podcast. And, you know, watching that game on Saturday and, and watching it the last five minutes, damn, my damn direct TV went out. So my plan to watch the whole game DVR was kind of shot, but, I was impressed with the fact, and I told you this, as long as, as, long as Ha-Ha Lee shows up, UAB is going to have a chance. And that right there really proved to me that UAB is going to be a big-time player. And, and, and probably nobody on, on your UAB side and the, and the great listeners that we have from the UAB side probably didn't think that. But I, I certainly was kind of on the opposite. And UAB is going to be fine. I mean, they're going to be fine. This is going to be a team that's going to thrive off of that defensive momentum that they create. And you got the shooters, you got the playmakers to be able to step up. It's a matter of, like you said, if, if your big three shows up against anybody's big three, I'm taking UAB's big three. So definitely good to see that. And for Middle Tennessee, they just continue to roll and kind of break down that last play. It, it seemed like it was it was really well set up. If I'm not mistaken, that was Giddy Potts kind of off the screen on a pick and roll, and, and William Lee kind of went with them left Ja'Cory wide open, and that's something that can be corrected, but it was definitely something uh, interesting to see how much attention, I believe it was Giddy Potts or Tyreek Dixon, that drew that attention to draw open Ja'Cory Williams' wide-ass open days. Yeah, I, I sent you that, or I tagged you in that tweet from earlier. It was Tyreek yeah. Dixon. It's the, this is the play that, that middle it has run all season, and they run it so well and um, probably more effectively than anyone because they use it with, not only with – with Ja'Cory, but they'll do it with Reggie, too. Uh, Reggie or Ja'Cory will come up to basically the three-point line at the key, and they'll screen for Tyreek, and then he'll, you know, he'll run it down uh, four or five feet to the left or the right, and then he'll pass it back to one of the, you know, you know whether it's Reggie or Ja'Cory, you know, a little bit past the free throw line. And in this situation, William Lee, who had a fantastic defensive night for the most part uh, against, you know, all the bigs against middle. He bit a little too hard. He 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 really went, he he bit down on he went we, he went in with Tyreek down into the paint. I think he felt like there was so little time left that Tyreek wouldn't have enough time to pass it back out. I think he felt like that was going to be the shot. And when he did that, he passed it to Jacory right where he wanted it. You know, 18 feet from the basket. I mean, he just stripped it nothing but net and then flexed going down the court. I mean, it was just a – it was a program moment is what it was, man. All his family from Birmingham. And I'm telling you, man, I, I had to write an article 
uh, for mid-major madness that took me probably 45 minutes after tip. Like, they took over the gym. And there was probably 200 middle fans and all his family as well from Birmingham that just hung out around the bench. And, I mean, it was a special moment for them. And, I, and, I, and in, in all honesty, they deserve it. No doubt about it. A team that's I hopefully don't, hopefully doesn't get snubbed out if they slip up in the conference tournament. But no doubt about it, they are the conference USA regular season champs, heading above, won it by three games heading into the last weekend. So it's 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 pretty much set in the first two. You got Middle Tennessee coming in at number one, Louisiana Tech holding on to that two spot. But you get to number three, and Thursday night we're gonna get with with uh, Jeremy on the end. Uh, he's gonna be uh, hosting that one from the studio on Thursday, but UTEP Old Dominion battling for third place. My mighty miners, man, they can just continue, continue, continue <laughs> to grow. Check out my unrush.com. Uh, I, I put up a little timeline of, of kind of what happened. And it's, I, 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 it's kind of lighthearted. I didn't want to get too serious. I don't really take myself serious that much. And I was kind of playful. I threw a little curse words in there too. Y'all know I'm pretty colorful. Um, but it's just, it, 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 everything that you need to know about what UTEP's been able to turn around or how they've been able to turn things around is in that article. And I could go on all day about it, but uh, really just a tremendous performance last week. And I'll be at FAU and FIU. I'm pretty sure me, Dave, and two or three other bloggers can probably put up 11 points in a 15-point in a, in a <laughs> game, uh, four on four against uh, FIU, against either of those teams. But granted, UTEP, Thursday night it was defense. Saturday night it was offense. They won their four-game road swing when two weeks ago we're sitting here thinking three of four would be great, two of two would be welcome. Now this UTEP team has kicked the door in. They're right there for third, playing for third place. But, but Old Dominion is playing almost on another level, and they're playing right up there with the Louisiana Techs, with the, old, with, with the Middle Tennessees. They've been able to put up points, and they're still defending at a high level. You look at some of the point outputs that they put and some of their percentages and, and – and you look at some of the, the analytical stats on, on Old Dominion, this team is just continuing to peak. Ahmad Kaver, or Kaver, that's your boy. You know, what do you make of this game? Maybe we'll see how much we can preview it now before we get, try to get into it later. But, I mean, this game really is the game of next week, and, and it's going to be huge to shape out that third seed because that, that team gets to avoid Middle Tennessee until the finals, potentially the finals. Oh yeah, it's by far the the front liner or the headliner for the for this last week, week nine. Uh, to talk a little bit about how the tournament standings or the tournament bracket looks right now, uh, if you if you go to like ESPN or CBS or Ken Palm or any of those sites right now, Old Dominion sits in the third spot. But because of the tiebreaker, even though Old Dominion and UTEP are tied at eleven and five, UTEP is technically the third seed right now, and that is super right. super important because yeah, because of this reason, both UTEP and Old Dominion have two games left, and they play each other on Thursday. If UTEP wins on Thursday, they get that third seed, even if they were to lose to Charlotte on Saturday, they lock it up in one game. Old Dominion would have to sweep the series. Excuse me, sweep the, this week against. UTEP in UTSA. So, I mean, the, the chips are all in UTEP's favor. And the reason why that's the case, because the, the, the tiebreakers work as such for Conference USA. It's, uh, it, it, let's, say they're both, they, let's say they both end up at um, you know, 13 and 5. Um, UTEP, it would be head-to-head, and they would, they would pick, you know, if UTEP beat Old Dominion, they automatically go in front of them, obviously. But if, they, if there's no head-to-head tiebreaker or if they split – they go to record against the best teams in Conference USA. 
and UTEP has the best face guard in all of Conference USA of any team. They have the Middle Tennessee win. So if they get in a tiebreaker situation with Old Dominion, if UTEP you know, manages to you know, you know, shit the bed this week, uh, then, then they'll, they'll get, ahead of, uh, get ahead of Old Dominion. They'll, they'll take that third seed. And that is a super coveted seed right now because that means they're on the opposite side of the bracket of Middle Tennessee, and they also get to play a late game for their first game on, uh, on Thursday next week. And I won't have to take that half day off that I requested this morning. So, yes, let's go oh. and just do the damn thing. <laughs> so, look, we, we know who's in. Everybody's technically in the Conference USA tournament right now. He's still up in the air, obviously, one weekend ago. But let's really quickly touch on the two teams that are not going to be in it, North Texas, FIU. I'm going to put it at an 80 to 90% odds that both of those schools will have two new head coaches this year. I believe it's Anthony Evans, uh, if I'm wrong, Dave, over at FIU. Been there four years, losing five seniors. Just hasn't right. been able to turn the corner. Has, has had talent. Has had really good talent, even when they came into the league. I can't think of the two guys that they had. They had a forward and a guard. Uh, that, that slips my mind right now. Uh, when they came into the league. They were yeah, the, the, yeah, the two, the two Patino rollovers. And he just has not had that success. I mean, it's hard to compare – his success to anything that Patino did there, but and then also North Texas and Tony Benford and then you know that shit show that's been going on for the past couple of years there in Denton and those two teams are out pretty much in terms of their head coaches and the and and the tournament. Do you kind of agree where those percentage are that both of those schools will have new? Uh, we'll be talking about them having new head coaches on our first podcast next season. <laughs> I think Benford's out for sure, just because based on what the athletic department in North Texas has done lately. I mean, they, they gave that Seth Luttrell an extension of one year. So, you know, football will always, always um, supersede basketball at Denton and North Texas. But I, I think it kind of shows that they, you know, they want to get their athletic program, you know, up and maybe in the top half of the Conference USA echelon. But um, so I think – I think Benford's out for sure. I mean, they're, they're going to get somebody in there, some young guy, that's, you know, recruiting, you know, recruiting that area really well. And um, but I don't know, I don't know about um, FIU for some reason. Something just tells me they're going to give him another year. Uh, that, that's just what my instincts tell me. I just, I'm just not. I don't think you, they've got enough people begging for another coach. I just don't think they care. I mean, I just think basketball is just not a big deal down in Florida, or excuse me, not a big deal um, at, at, at FIU in Miami. And I don't know why that is. I mean, because it's, it's, even though it's a small little arena, their court's super cool with the, with the ocean print mm-hmm. on it and all that. And, and, and we saw it like um, Rick Martino Jr., um, he, he, had, he had them rolling a couple times. I mean, he had a couple two, uh, two good seasons at Conference USA when he was there. and had some really good players, that, you know, like you were mentioning. But I'm going to say probably one of the two but it would not shock me if both of the two. And, and, and that may be the, the new, uh, you know, litmus test for uh, Conference USA uh, coaches. I mean, if you don't make the tournament, you, that may be your, your – uh, especially for guys that haven't had good seasons of late, that may, that may be your way out each year. Talking about FIU's lack of support, our radio guy on Saturday just shitted all over Old Dominion, <laughs> old over Florida International <laughs> Lack of attendance, only 100 there, only 100 people or so there. And then you mentioned Rick Pitino, when or Rick Pitino Jr. when he was at uh, when, when he was at FIU, his number one assistant, former UTEP guard, Kimani Young Jones, 
had to throw that in for a UTEP reference. But let's move on. Name and let's drop. bring in. You know it. You know it. Hey, I want him to go to North Texas to take that job. But anyways, let's bring in Aldo Amato, beat writer, Middle Tennessee Athletics beat writer from the Daily Journal. Aldo, what's going on, my man? Appreciate you coming on for your second appearance here on the CUSA Hoopscast. Hey, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. Y'all are awesome. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate Dave is awesome. Dave is awesome. I just tag along for the ride, man. But no, no, <laughs> kind no, of cool. No. <laughs> looking over, at, at, at kind of, I'm I'm looking at Middle Tennessee from when they came into El Paso and were upset. It seems like since then this good this Middle Tennessee team has just played pissed off. That's how I took. That's how I took their stretch before they played UAB on Saturday. And, and and me and Dave both felt that they took a huge step, not only this season, but program-wise on Saturday. What did you learn from that game about this Middle Tennessee State team that you, you've seen this team all year? We know everybody's talking about them. But did you learn something new about how special this team could be by being able to weather that storm on Saturday in Birmingham? Or Sunday, my bad. Oh yeah, I think I've I've seen it all year, and Sunday was just confirmation of it. Is that uh, you know they're not going to hang their heads after you know if it, things aren't going their way early, if they're not if they're getting in foul trouble or or, or you know anything of that nature. Even if you know they make the non-conference slate uh, with two straight losses, and they responded by going on a ten-game run in conference. Uh, so they, I mean they. They are a team that's able to respond due to leadership with, uh, obviously, Reggie Upshaw's the senior leader, and he's been there for years and has won championships. But Ja'Cory Williams, he's he's really come into his own as a, a leader off the court and in this locker room. And, and he not only leads with his physical play, but uh, he's able to rally this team around him and Reggie and and there's just so much resiliency, and, and and it really looks like a team on a mission to get back and get further into the NCAA tournament uh, than they did last year. Obviously, the upset happened last year, but you know this is a team with a mission, and they they won't be denied. And you know that loss at, at El Paso, that you know they only lost by three points, and I mean they could not have played. Reggie Upshaw could not have played a worse game, and, and it was just a terrible game as far as turnovers go. Uh, but they were still only lost by three points. Uh, you know, UAB, they, everything went wrong for them early with foul trouble, and, and uh, you know, calls weren't going their way. They had to sit their core three, and, uh, you know, they were able to find a way and then come, come back and hit the game-winning shot. So this team finds different ways to win, but it's also not, you know, it's not a lucky team this year either. This is a very skilled team. Hey, Aldo's Dave. Um, I feel like I probably saw you a little over 24 hours ago when we were sitting <laughs> next to each other in Birmingham. Uh, we it was it's just it's just crazy happenstance uh, when when UAB has a CBS game or Campus Insiders and anything like that. Uh, they move uh, the media that's not like you know the high roller Birmingham media. They move us to behind the baskets, and and it just happened to be that Aldo and I were literally right next to each other about, you know, probably probably 15 feet from the middle bench and and also about 15 feet or, excuse me, about, probably about 30 feet from the game-winning shot that Corey had. That's a moment me and, me and Aldo will, will, will get to remember forever. That was wild, man. 
And um, but I'm, I'm yeah. eventually going to get around to a question. But I just I just I had a, <laughs> I had a blast Sunday despite the loss for UAB. But um, that was, that was a fun of, game. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, during halftime, I was in the breezeway and I went to go get a water and I ran into one of UAB's old beat writers and we were just kind of shooting the shit a little bit and talking. And, and he's seen a lot of Conference USA basketball. We're talking the Cincy days, Louisville, Memphis. And he said that he was just so extremely impressed with Middle Tennessee's, uh, you know, bench, their depth. You know, you got Habersham, Walters, Antoine Johnson, Carl Gamble, Aldonis Foote, even Copeland coming out running point. I mean, they just kept coming at you in waves. And, um, I mean, just speak on that. I mean, how important has that been to, to Middle's run in Conference USA this year? Huge, absolutely. I mean, it's been huge. And, and Kermit Davis, was, that was the first thing he pointed out Sunday uh, after the win, after they got in all that foul trouble. They needed those bench players like Walters and Habersham. You know, Habersham, you know, he'll start a few games and then they'll put in Ed Simpson. If Ed Simpson's struggling, Habersham will get in the starting five. So they're really able to mix it up with Habersham and Ed Simpson. But uh, I think that – that, that's right. Their depth is really helping, especially with their bigs. Uh, Walters is a six-ten guy coming off the benches. He's still, you know, he has the potential to get better around the rim. But he's such a great rebounder and physical. And I mean, you can't match six-ten off the bench. That that's very no. rare. And he's just a big body off the bench. And the, Carl Gamble before the season. Uh, Kermit Davis said that he was mo- most impressed with his progress over the off season. He, he struggled early on. He, he could have competed for a starting role, possibly the starting center spot, uh, and they would have moved Reggie to the small and, and uh, Chikori to the power forward spot. But uh, Carl Gamble just lacks consistency, but he's great off the bench. Uh, I thought he really kind of came of age in the loss against Syracuse yet. He had a you know a few blocks. He's just very athletic, uh, not great and consistent when it comes to scoring. But again, he's a six nine athletic forward that you can take off the bench. And then obviously Haversham, uh, as you saw on Sunday, heats up. Uh, he hits about two two to three, sometimes four three pointers a game. And Corey Copeland at the point guard position, uh, he's still finding his way, but. Uh, he's starting to get better later in the season, and that's only good news if you're looking for a deep tournament run or especially around tournament time, uh, both conference and NCAA or, or NIT or whatever you want. But, yeah, I mean, they, they are uh, deep this year. They're able to mix it up when guys get into foul trouble, and uh, especially at the big spot. Aldo Amato from the Daily News Journal joins us. He's the Middle Tennessee Athletic beat writer. And Aldo wrote a really good article today about the Conference USA TV deal, that those are about to get start going in the spring. And Aldo, you had an opportunity to talk with Judge Judy, Miss Judy, Conference USA commissioner <laughs> over the weekend. And uh, from talking with her, I mean, what, is, what did you get from, you know, the potential of this new TV deal that, that's going to be – worked out obviously pretty soon and be implemented after next athletic season, if I'm correct. And and did you kind of get anything out there that, that, you know, maybe she tipped her hand at something or think that maybe this TV deal will be better for fans that right now, this is be, this is to be frank. I mean, this is a pretty shitty TV deal for fans like in El Paso, you know, was there any kind of 
change or nothing, or was her demeanor kind of the same in terms of, you know, the negotiations have to to go on before anything else like that can be leaked? I, I think, I mean, she she really didn't really tip her, her hat to that much. I think you'll see uh, being back, you know, I'm still working on, on a few things to try to see how the numbers have translated this year with under BN and and uh and and these other partnerships. They tried out a couple of new things this year as far as streaming stuff on Facebook for free and uh and you know, using the outlet like Campus Insiders and uh I, I have a feeling that Fox Sports might come back to the table, although they haven't confirmed anything. But I mean, this, this past TV deal really fell apart when Fox was, in, you know, coming back. That that was a huge economic hit, and uh, I, I think you know Judy will have she's will have two years to have digested this TV deal and, and work out her own, and they'll start working on it this spring, and they will she'll be able to implement her own deal. You know, when she when Benowski left. She came in and uh, they announced the TV deal uh, officially uh, a few months after she officially became commissioner, although she had a big part in it. Uh, I think you should expect a better TV deal, although this will rest on the networks as well. Uh, you know, they're having to deal with cutbacks when, you know, a lot of people are cutting cords and streaming stuff now. And I think Conference USA might be ahead of the curve when that uh, it's different. Uh, a lot of these games aren't available, like you mentioned, in you know, El Paso. You know, if MTSU is playing FIU or FAU, CBS Sports Network won't be down there. Um, you know, so they'll have to rely on Conference USA TV or ESPN3. Uh, but, the, you know, these ESPN3s are in-house as well. So uh, they're still working things out from a production standpoint because uh, almost half of their production is done in-house, both for ESPN and Conference USA TV, so uh, it's going to be interesting how they approach this next deal. Uh, who will be at the table? If BN will be back, or uh, or they'll find someone new. But they don't they don't really have a lot of options. I think if this last TV deal uh, taught us anything or showed us anything is that Conference USA, once a major partner leaves, they have to find whatever they can get. And luckily, BN has worked out from a quality standpoint they it may not be the most uh or the best option for for the fans as far as access but their production quality is certainly uh, a step up from uh, other networks it, it what i think what's going to happen with bn i think they're going to be the 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 kind of the base i think they're going to be like the, the the home of conference usa going forward i think they're going to make it more accessible like you mentioned, uh, it's just there's just not enough people um, in Conference USA footprint that get that channel or have packages that provide that channel. I think they're going to really focus on doing a better job of streaming more games because if I'm not mistaken, BN has only streamed probably maybe and Jeremy will tell us here in a couple of minutes. I, I think they've they've only streamed just a handful of games of the ones that they put on TV, but they're in studio production and having Donovan McNabb like. You mentioned your article. I mean, I've watched it probably three or four times now, and it's as good as it's, it's good as we could possibly imagine. And that's something Jeremy told us back in January, uh, right, right around the new year when we first brought him on. 
he said they're going to treat us like we're the NBA. They're going to treat us like we're the NFL, like we are their flagship. And that's, that's something that we should really appreciate, and I wish that message would get out to more people out there. So um, I think, Aldo, I think uh, Alex has got one more uh, question for you. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, my opinion being – and uh, it's going to be the front runner. What do you think? I, I think I think they'll uh, I think they'll be the front runner for as long as they want to be. Uh, I think Conference sure. USA. The real impression I got from Judy and, and, and them is that they they love being you know the flagship conference for BN and and like like you said, their production quality is top notch, and I think they're. Uh, this is a good conference to test out their reach in college athletics uh, because, you know, we've all seen, if you're fans of soccer and other sports, we've all seen their quality when, you know, they're covering Real Madrid and, and Valencia. But, you know, college sports is a different animal, and I think they did a pretty good job football, but especially basketball. I've heard uh, better reviews for being than uh, you'd say another network, maybe ASN or or, or anything of that sort. So I think as long as BN wants to be there, uh, I think they'll have a place in Conference USA. Uh, I just don't know how long they'll they'll want to be a part of the Conference USA family, although uh, as, as you've seen with their production, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. No doubt about it. They really, really, like they mentioned, I mean, they've kind of taken over as, that quote-unquote flagship, but even though they aren't officially, but definitely something to keep an eye on. I'm pretty sure, although you're going to be all over that over at the Daily Journal. Check him out on Twitter, folks, at Aldo underscore Amato on Twitter. Check his stuff out at the Daily Journal over there and from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, dnj.com. Aldo Amato, appreciate you coming on, man. I'm pretty sure we're going to talk to you even more here as we get closer to the conference tournament. I appreciate it. You guys do fantastic work. Looking forward to talking talking to you all again. I'll see you next week, Aldo. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. See ya. See ya. So there you have it. And, and as we talked about being sports, I believe, back-to-back, we have our next next guest on, I believe it is. But before he comes on, I got to give him some respect. got to pay him some tribute. Here it is. <laughs> Jeremy St. Louis, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys, how are you? As I said, you with the Canadian. That's the Canadian <laughs> national anthem. For, he's my second favorite Canadian. This has been put on Twitter. Jeremy St. Louis in the house, my man. <laughs> uh, how are you, guys? Jeremy. Oh, great man, doing great man. We just uh, we, we we talked with Aldo Mato as he caught the end of it here, talking about. Uh, the negotiating uh, deal that is going to be negotiated here in the spring, and I'm going to hit you with, I'm going to, I'm going to come at you right away, Dave, or excuse me, Dave, Jeremy, is BN Sports planning on being CUSA's flagship TV station or TV network? Because you guys have done an excellent job. I'm all for it. Can you give us any plans in terms of of what that is going to be without you getting in trouble of what those negotiations could possibly mean for your network here coming up in the spring? Uh, You know, I don't, um, I don't quite know. All 
what I do know is that, I mean, we have a, I think our existing contract is, is a couple of years. Um, so I know we've got another year of Conference USA for sure. Um, I'm yeah. really not privy to uh, the high-level talks. Those are people that are way above uh, my pay grade. Um, what I do know is that, um, is that we've been very happy with, um, with what we've been able to do uh, for Conference USA, and hopefully Conference USA is happy with it. Hopefully the fans of Conference USA are happy with it. Um, I think that one of the things that, that uh, we – you know, kind of took it upon ourselves, and, and, and I kind of talked to you guys about this when we spoke previously on, on the podcast, is that we really wanted to showcase Conference USA, and uh, that's something that um, we've tried to do week in and week out with both football and basketball, and we'll continue to do it with, um, you know, with the other Conference USA sports that we, uh, that we have this spring. I think we have some baseball coming up. So that's one of the things oh, nice. that we've been really happy that we – that we've been able to do is to, is to kind of give conference USA a spotlight that, you know, it, it might not get on an ESPN or a Fox or, you know, or a uh, CBS because they would just throw the game up there versus uh, being able to, you know, put, put the kind of shows and, and, and people together that, that we're able to do. <laughs> What's up, Jeremy? It's Dave. And, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks, I guess maybe months now since we spoke in January, I felt like uh, when when we talked then, you weren't as up to speed, I guess you could say, as as Alex and I were. As, you know, we've been watching Conference USA for many many years, but since then, I've watched you, you know, tweet about taking your notes, and you know, I've watched your prep before, you know, telecast, and I and it, I feel like you've almost uh, developed a relationship with the conference, and and, it, and it's like that with any sport, and it, with people who appreciate good sports. Uh, you watch players over and over again, the teams and the storylines. Do you feel like you personally, being the, the, the lead on BN Sports uh, for, for college basketball, do you feel like you've developed a relationship with Conference USA? I'd like, I'd like to think that I have. Um, I take a lot of pride in, in, in the job that I do no matter, what, uh, no matter what I'm covering, whether it would be the NBA or whether it would be Conference USA. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, I, as a, as someone who's been in this business a long time and has been covering sports a long time, I know that, you know, there's moms and dads out there that are watching their kids play and, and they want to see, they want to see their kids, you know, treated well. They want to see their, you know, the product that's being put out there treated with respect. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things that's always top of my mind is that I want to, I want to do the best for the, for the people that I work for, for my network but I also want to do, you know, I also want to do a good job for the fans. And it, it really means a lot to me. It means a lot to my production team when we see, you know, tweets that are, that are very nice, uh, you know, complimentary about the work that we're doing. When we hear people talking about the work that we're doing, when we get feedback from the conference about the work that we're doing, you know, it, it's a small team that we have that works on Conference USA at BN Sports because we are largely a soccer network at this point. And so we've got a small team that works on it, but they work really hard. Hard and um, you know, I think I, I think we all have developed a relationship with the conference. It's kind of funny when we when we did the football uh, when we started with the football. We went to the media day for the football uh, back in July, and we were there, and nobody really knew what to make of us. Nobody really knew what 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 we had, what we were going to be doing. Um, it was kind of we were kind of the unknown property, and people were kind of a little bit standoffish with us. But when I went back for basketball media day in October, it was a completely different feel. There was a lot of people that were really, you know, Oh, Hey, you know, and they felt really good about, 
that Conference USA is on being sports. And that, that makes me feel good when we have that kind of a response. And, you know, it, it continues that way. And, you know, when we come on, we get to speak to guys like you guys who are you who live this stuff day in and day out. And I, I cannot compliment you guys enough on the work that you do. Uh, it, it's been such a great help to Thank me you. just for someone who's getting familiar with the conference. It, it's just appointment listening for me. It's appointment reading for me, the stuff that you guys are putting out. And, and I, I mean, you talk about the work that we're doing at being sports. You know what? You guys are doing a tremendous job for the conference. If there's anyone that has a great relationship and is really, you know, uh, proponents for getting the conference name out there, it's, it's you guys. I'm just, I'm just really happy that I get the chance to be a part of it. But I mean, you guys are the ones that are really, really doing the great work for the conference. I appreciate that, Jeremy. This is Jeremy St. Louis. You guys are listening to BN Studio pregame and postgame host on BN Network Deliveries. And this week, you guys have a huge one, and I'll be front court for this one. You get the opportunity to sit there and top it up with Donna McNabb about this game, UTEP Old Dominion, for third place, huge implications. El Paso starting to buzz a little bit about this minor this minor turnaround, this minor major turnaround, I should say. Old Dominion continues to roll. They've been kind of that sleeper team that's been on that outside of the Old Dominion of, of the LaTeX Middle Tennessee State conversation. What are you seeing out of this game? It's going to be a tremendous game. Two good defensive teams, a lot of points in the paint. How do you see this one kind of unfolding on Thursday night out here in Paso? Well, first of all, when we looked at the schedule when we first started this this basketball and and UTEP was going through that horrific losing skid and we're looking down the line and we're looking at our schedule and we're thinking, oh my God, these last games are going to be awful because UTEP (laughs) UTEP hitting there, what's going to happen there? And then in the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at it again and going, holy crap, look at these games that we have. These are going to be fantastic. And to finish with this old Dominion UTEP game is, is, we're really excited about it. I, my production team's been sending me messages all weekend long, and we, you know, keeping up on the scores. And Latek losing, this means it's going to be a battle for third, and you know, so we're really excited about it. That's I'm cool. expecting a great game. I'm expecting a great game between these between these two teams. I they're they're so close in terms of their form. I mean, one's on a five game winning streak, the other one's on a four game winning streak. UTEP has done such a great job in turning things around, and you look at the teams that they've beaten to get where they are. And holy smokes, I mean, you have to I, – I, I don't know if you would call them a favorite or not because both teams are playing so well. But, I mean, I would give the edge to UTEP just because they're going to be at home for this one. And I've never seen, I've never seen a turnaround like this, you know, in, in my experience in sports. And I was talking to Coach Jarvis about that last week, and he, he actually said that on the air. He's never seen uh, a turnaround like this. They, I mean, they beat Marshall. They beat UAB. They beat Middle Tennessee. You know, in three, three in back-to-back games, they, they they beat Rice. I mean, they only lost to La Tech. So I mean, this is a UTEP team that is just right now they are just rolling. And I think going into the tournament, they're one of the most dangerous teams. I don't really know what to make out of this game. I'm, I don't really know who would be the favorite. As I said, I would take UTEP, but holy man, it's going to be close. I'm sitting here trying to figure out the over/under because that's kind of a jokey thing that we do on the on the show. We kind of do like an over/under. <laughs> And I'm trying to figure out what the over/under is, and I'm, I don't think I don't know if it's going to be a hundred. I don't know if it's going to be a hundred. You're right. You, you could be right. I mean, that's going to be a really, really, really low-scoring game. It, it could be, but then again, I mean, UTEP has scored some points recently, and so has Old Dominion. So it's definitely a toss-up. I know Dave's got one more question for you, my man. That's funny. I think it's going to be one ten. I don't think it's going to go any higher than that. It's going to be that'd a be first, interesting. first. 
Yeah, man, it's gonna be a first to fifty uh, uh, kind of game. But uh, <laughs> I, it, Jeremy, it's, it's been a, just a pleasure, man, having y'all cover Conference USA this year. And I just, I don't necessarily have a question. I kind of just want to talk for a second. I mean, I, I watching these pregame shows and watching the effort you guys put forward. I mean, Donovan McNabb. I mean, you, I mean, he's studying. I can tell he's studying. He's doing his best to develop, you know, you know, an understanding and relationships in his mind with with how the teams and, and where they are geographically and how and how they affect each other in the standings. And I, th- I think it just works so beautifully. And and I love Mike Jarvis, man. What, I, I, that may be a question, I guess. What's it like working with Mike Jarvis, a former coach at Conference USA? You know what? Coach Jarvis is quite honestly one of the nicest people that I've I've had the chance to to deal with in a long time. He it's such it, it, it's so funny because we we often joke and, and and Donovan when we're in the studio and the game's on we're watching the game because we you know we stay in the studio just in case speed goes down or something like that they have to come back to studio for some emergency reason we're there in the studio watching the game and Donovan is very animated so Donovan will you know he'll he'll kind of he'll kind of make comments while the game's going on like get in there get in there twenty five get in there you know he makes and he'll and he'll give his tactical analysis and you can see Coach Jarvis just kind of. You know, kind of smile a little bit, and and we'll talk about basketball around Coach Jarvis as a production team, and he's just quiet. And we were finishing up our production meeting before the pregame show last week, and we were talking about you know some of the conference stuff, and then we kind of morphed into a little bit of an NBA discussion, and we were kind of talking about that, and Coach Jarvis wasn't saying anything, and one of my one of my producers just kind of looked at Coach and said, Coach, you think we're idiots, don't you? Because you, you're not saying a, you're not saying a word over there. And he and he just says, you know what? He says, I love listening to 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 you guys talk about basketball because I see basketball in a completely different way. You guys see it as as, as fans and as 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 journalists, but as a coach, I see basketball in a much more you know in a much different way. But it's always interesting to hear how you guys see the game versus how I see the game. And that's just the kind of guy Coach Jarvis is. If I have a question. I'm sure I, I've probably peppered him with some of the stupidest questions he's ever heard over the last couple of months, but he's very gracious. He's one of the nicest men I've ever met. And, and you talk about a guy who, who is constantly looking for, for feedback and constantly wants to know how he's doing on the show, how the show itself is doing, how it's being received. He wants to do well for the conference too. And that's something I think that comes across. You talk about the work that Donovan's doing studying yeah, Donovan's been doing a lot of work, and, that, and Donovan's a busy guy. He's working for BN Sports. He's doing side stuff for ESPN. Yeah. He was at the Super Bowl. He's got a radio show. So, I mean, Donovan doesn't have a lot of time to do a lot of stuff, but he's putting in a lot of work to, you know, to make sure that he's up to speed with what's going on in the conference. And him and I have had some really good conversations about, you know, different things that are going on and kind of how to manage everything. Uh, I, I mean, for us, I know you guys wouldn't know it from here, but we did the Super Bowl for, for Doha in Qatar. So, I mean, that Super Bowl week was a crazy week for all of us because we were, we were doing the basketball game and then we were also getting ready wow. for the Super Bowl because we did the live Super Bowl broadcast for our BN Sports uh, uh, outlet in Doha, Qatar. And the way that they do the Super Bowl over there, they don't have commercials. So every time there was a commercial, they come back to studio for instant analysis. And so wow. it, takes a lot of, it takes a lot of preparation to get that done. So that, that week was kind of a hell week for all of us because we're all trying to get sure. ready for the Super Bowl. And we're also trying to, you know, do our part to make sure that we don't, uh, you know, we don't, we don't short shrift Conference USA. But it's been a lot of fun. And both of those guys, Coach Jarvis and Donovan McNabb, have just been fantastic to work with. It's been a real pleasure to be able to do this uh, with them. One of my first, obviously, or I would say my second 
college basketball coach that, that I kind of reconciled with or kind of liked was Mike Jarvis were those those uh, St. John's days, man. I was a big-time St. John's fan. Of course, I was a UTEP fan coming up, but, man, our test, those teams, that, that that's definitely something special that you get to experience every Thursday, Friday, and every production meeting. Jeremy St. Louis, BN Sports, is host for Conference USA. Jeremy, really, really appreciate you coming on this year, man. Look to have you on definitely in the in the future, especially if we get this uh, football podcast ro- uh, rolling next fall. And, and Jeremy, will definitely be watching you on the tube on Thursday. And thanks a lot once again for coming on, man, and all you do for the conference. Hey, guys, thanks a lot for having me. And, and, and it's been my pleasure. And thank you guys for all the help that you've given me this year. I know I've reached out to you guys a couple of times just for some help with some things. And I really appreciate that. And uh, you guys – as I said before, you guys have done a great job with the conference. Aldo Amato, too. I mean, I've never had the chance to meet him, but I read his stuff, and he's been doing great stuff with the conference, too. It's been a real pleasure uh, to be a part of it with you guys. Your family, Thank man. You, sir. Thank you, sir. Take care, guys. And there you- Take care. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, it was Mike Jarvis' teams, bro. I, I don't know. like that. You know, UTEP was kind of down in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s yep. with the damn yep. probation. So. You know, it wasn't – we had Brandon Wolfram, and that's about it. But St. John's, bro, that was my fucking team in the late 90s. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> they were great nasty. Great insights from Jerry. I try to think of who – there was somebody else. There was uh, not a big-time NBA player, but there was somebody else on that team, if you could think off the top of your head real quick. It was Artest and somebody with, else. With, from, I don't remember, those, man. I, I those, know I remember Artest because yeah. he's, he's a New York guy. Yeah. Queensbridge, Queensbridge, so yeah, definitely good to get uh, Jeremy on. Good, good insight. Queensbridge, bro, all day. That's how I know Ron Rob. You listen to the Jim Brown show. So, looking ahead to this week, uh, you know, there's just one game. I mean, technically, uh, you know, is there anything else this weekend? I mean, I guess I'm just one track minded right now because it's big time uh, UTEP Old Dominion game. But is there anything else that we need to look for Thursday in terms of seeding, momentum? Chemistry is something that you want to see on this Thursday slate coming up this week, my man. Not really, and that that Rice, um, not Rice Marshall, but yeah, that's I guess that's kind of an important game too, technically for me because they're right in front of UAB. But the Ooh, uh, yeah, the old, you know, the night, yeah, the, the nightcap old debating UTEP. That's that's the game of uh, the the end of the season here. That's you know all signs. I mean, all eyes will be on that. Um, yeah, that's obviously the being sports game. And I don't even know if mm-hmm. if, if Rice and Rice and Marshall is, is, is Campus Insiders or whatever it is. It's probably ESPN three if I had to guess. But uh, the Thursday slate is pretty light. But for Saturday, I mean, looking I'm, while you're looking at a, I'm looking at Saturday as well, and Saturday's light too. It's just it's just about you know the teams in the top half, the top eight teams just kind of taking care of business. Uh, the matchups aren't too crazy. It's just uh, you know. The UTEP and UTEP and UTSA are both hosting Old Dominion and Charlotte. I mean, those will both be really good games for for UTEP and UTSA to kind of take care of business. But I mean, but we already know who's going to go into the tournament, so it's really kind of semantics at this point. It's just about matchups. But uh, all eyes are on Old Dominion and all eyes are on UTEP, and I can't wait to watch that on Thursday, man. Going to be an interesting battle. Hopefully, we get at least eight to nine thousand there on Thursday. The only other TV slash streaming option will be Middle Tennessee and FIU. <laughs> Pretty sure the only ones that are interested in that one will be gamblers. <laughs> and you yep. go Saturday, uh, American Sports Network will host Louisiana Tech Southern Miss. 
and then Fox College Sports will host Rice and Western Kentucky. But I want to ask you one question. I meant to ask this to Aldo, but uh, Jeremy called in a little bit earlier than I was expecting. His name popped up. I didn't want to keep him holding too long. But how, how do you handle this weekend if you're in Tennessee? You know, you come off a, a, a tremendous win, la, uh, you know, last night. You cannot afford to to slip up against FIU, FIU. But you know, does Kermit kind of – Kermit has a deep rotation always. He's always had that. How do you approach this weekend if you're Kermit Davis? Does it go for the kill, finishes things out strongly, no doubt, or do you work some minutes, get some guys some playing time in anticipation of what's going to be a damn good Conference USA tournament next week? Dude, Alex, that may be the best, like, question you've asked this entire – podcast because it's a really really interesting scenario for them they can take the route of uh like the colts did you know five six years ago whatever it was and like just when they could have had the perfect season going into the super bowl and then they lose that final game or or um or i think it was going in the playoffs whatever or they could go the route of trying to be the best record since realignment Technically, UAB well, not technically, but UAB has the best record right now, sixteen and two. And so, if they drop a game uh, in these next two against the Florida teams, they'll be even with UAB. But Middle Tennessee, you know, had a couple undefeated seasons since the realignment before last, so they could be the you know the best team. I guess I guess you could say the flagship team of Conference USA if they can take care of business these next two this next two games. Going to be interesting, going to be interesting with that Florida swing. Those schools playing for nothing. Obviously, they're both out, and those teams definitely like to shoot from distance. So, that's that to me, it's just it, – it, you look at Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, an area of concern, but you just do not. I mean, I want Middle Tennessee, regardless of what happens in Birmingham, to be in position for that at-large bid. And, and a loss would just be oh, – God, you want to think – I don't even want to think about it this week. I don't want to give you no bad vibes, Middle Tennessee fans. So I'll just leave it at that. And with that, man, yo, I'm fired up, bro, because next weekend, man, we got to do a big Conference USA tournament next week. I feel like we got to do like an hour and a half, two-hour podcast. Let's see how we can do, load it up with guests, try to get a lot of representation from everybody as we can. Obviously, we're going to have breakdowns. Obviously, we'll have a bracket uh, to be able to break down, and we're going to have a loaded show. I can't wait for it, man. And this, this, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm a baseball guy. I'm a college basketball guy. I love football. Football is always going to be number one to me. But this time of the year, when I got my Houston Astros getting ready for another run, when I got college basketball coming up, so many tournaments, it's a beautiful time for me, man. Can't wait till next week, partner. Man, I can't wait either. We're going to do something. We're going to think of something. I mean, you, you know I'll be there. I'm going to be at all, like, the meet and greets and the practices and the, and the, and the games and everything. So we're going to figure out something to do on site. And we're going to try to get some really cool, unique guests. And I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a wild, wild week next week in the tournament. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, for the final time in the 2016-2017 regular season, we're wrapping up episode 13 of the CUSA podcast. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Check out both of our websites out at ddaythedragon.com and minorrest.com. Pumping out CUSA material for you good CUSA folks. And we will see y'all next week when it all matters. Peace out. Peace.